Hi, it's Alex. Welcome to part two of our chat with Felipe Arevalo. Stay with us until the end, where he gives his top tips to labels and music creators. Enjoy part two. Um, let's move a bit towards, you know, we're talking a lot about creative and I would like to touch a bit more into the business side. So there will be um, uh, other label managers that will be looking into someone else's perspective in terms of how to run their labels during this time. So I just wanted to know what has been more affected uh, within Somos. What what have you seen? And affected whether it was positively or negatively. So whether it was uh, you've put a lot more effort on marketing or you've been trying to get more placements in certain um, advertising or you've been trying just to um, gain new partners in uh, production companies that they're looking for music. So what has been the most affected within Somos, whether it's positive or negative? Um, so all across the board and for like pe people that have labels, they will be familiar with all of the different, you have marketing, you've got label services, which is registrations and making sure that all of the submissions of the projects or the products are are properly mm. uh, processed for releases. I would say mm -hmm. um, internally, we have been protected by that cushion of the stream of royalties that West One Music Group as a as a company has. And Somos kind of like obviously benefits uh, totally from, from, from that whole engine. Um, mm -hmm. So in, internally, we're dealing... J just exactly the same as before. Maybe we have some issues uploading stuff and like silly things with internet, but it's more what we do towards the real world. So more on the, like not even distribution because we don't do as a, as a media focused label or like as a, as a, mm -hmm. we're working within a media music publisher. We, we don't even do physical distribution and also we don't, live music for us is a, an we don't go there. It's not our territory to to mm. to focus on. So in reality, we've been quite protected. And in the terms of marketing, now that changes a bit because sometimes we host events. Uh, then we put, we go to I don't know. We go to Medium. We go to the South by Southwest, or we would go mm. to you know like all of these different platforms where you go and network and get to pitch and know people and share really cool time with with uh, handy contacts and friends from the industry. So mm -hmm. now that that is gone, all of our focus has been on sharing what we're doing and being supportive. So it's just taking a break in terms of marketing, hardcore marketing. Uh, mm -hmm. At the moment, fortunately, on something we're working with is with artists and there's a lot of things that we recorded from before. I would say if you are running the business in a way in which two months or a month actively affect what you have to share as a label, you might mm -hmm. want to look further ahead into the like projects that you know that you have assets that you can tell yeah. about. Even if even if artists are on quarantine, it you can do something about it. Um, in our case, it's just focusing on on the releases that we have. And because we've been... Usually, we release with Somos, we've released 10... I produce maybe 10 to 11 albums a year. 
And each of those take about nine months. So really, I would only see a lack of things to tell, of interesting stories to tell on the marketing side, maybe mm. all the way to August, by which we would hopefully already be out making a new batch of recordings and stuff to, to tell. Um, and on the production side, and this is something that is going to be super handy for labels, there is a lot of artists and bands out there that are no longer touring and are creating new content. So go out, find them, get your composer relationships, uh, get, get your best game on, on composer relationships and go out there and find how you, as a label, understanding how you make money, maybe from royalties and recorded um, mm -hmm. products, what can you bring for them? And they are more than happy. They're more than willing uh, to, to find a way to work with, with artists. And that has been a great opportunity for us. It was the first thing I thought we should go out and try. The, the very moment there was a lockdown, I thought all of the artists, all of the people, all of the creative, all of the composers that we've never had the chance of nailing down a project with because mm -hmm. they're touring, this is the time. And we ended up having, like at the moment, I have a few names that that are all associated with nominations and awards with like the Latin Grammys and the Grammys. And mm -hmm. they are, they're, they're kind of like out there just saying, okay, like what, what shall we do together? And that's such an amazing, amazing. opportunity. Mm. Yeah. I, I think, I think on, on, on that side, if you're not making the most of the highest, perf uh, the highest quality performers, being locked down, being in lockdown, mm -hmm. then yeah, like pinch yourself. See, see, see what you can do. <laughs> see what you can do because because you're definitely letting off an amazing opportunity. Yeah. No, that's a very fair point. I I think that I, I actually didn't think of that in that angle. Like you know, there will be really strong names out there that cannot be performing at the moment. So it's the best opportunity you can get them on board whilst before they will be prioritizing their live shows and sessions with other people. Now they're opening up to other opportunities and, you know, it can help other labels and other music creators that are, you know, with a completely different level to open up and do projects that are big and, you know, get that recognition from people that are, um, you know, whether they're nominated or they, they actually have awards, um, which is absolutely amazing. Um, there's one... Um, one more thing that I wanted to find out, and that is um, how have you ensured the continuity of music production when everyone was still at home? Yeah, precisely coming coming from the from the last point of the of the last question, mm. it's um, the the more experienced performing artists have some sort of setup at home. And mm -hmm. a lot of our musicians, fortunately, through the years, I've, that's something that I took as a task personally on every session, which is, you know, knowing everything. I live in London and the label that I run does everything in Latin America. So for me to get one thing recorded is usually remotely. So it's something that I was already very used to. What changes mm -hmm. now is that when I need a, I don't know, we not long ago, we were doing a a drum session with who was Ricky Martin's drummer for one of his Amazing. tracks for one of the albums. Mm. I would never, ever, ever 
like be able to work with this guy or like I would have to wait for him to go back from a tour. He would always be in Europe. And the same with the brass section. I've got like a remote orchestra basically. And uh, mm. and at the moment it's like, uh, I need a brass part. And they're like, okay, here is it. You've got everything right here. And he's like, oh, and I've done a, se I've done a second pass. And this in this bit, I put a solo. But if you wanted, mm. I also put a part where is everything like as you put it in the score. It's like, Wow, the, the availability that they have is amazing, and and I'm really glad that it's making musicians aware of 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 the power of being um, of, ha of having your own setup, and that's what we're focusing on. So in the currently on the albums that we're mostly producing on. Part of the direction from from the executives was we need to find a way to make albums indoors like without mm -hmm. without having orchestras and we usually a big part of the recordings that we do we have since maybe three or four years ago we have once or twice a year uh, we go to Abbey Road and do brass sections in there and then we do string sessions in in Prague or in Poland and the quality of the musicians is amazing and that's something that we don't have so at the moment is exploring what 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 other sort of sounds we can get without mm -hmm. going also to the other point without compromising on quality it's i think it's impossible to genuinely think that we're going to be able to have an orchestral album that we would usually mm -hmm. record with the equivalent of maybe 90 musicians recorded in Abbey Road and in Alvernia or Smetschki in, in Prague done mm -hmm. remotely. That's that's not realistic at all. In, also, a, a, a key component of, what, of the music that we do is that it's super, super high quality. So that's a challenge. But overall, what we're focusing on is... Uh, making sure that we have really well-educated musicians on the engineering side. We support them as well. I focus a lot on that. Mm. I talk to them as in like, okay, before the session, if you want to kind of like improve a little bit your sound, I will be there. It's remote engineering and that's knowledge that they keep forever. Next time that I need a session from them, I know that it's going to be super top quality and that mm -hmm. they, they can also apply that for other work. So it's kind of like we all win. That's how, that's no, how that's, we've kept it going in terms of recording sessions. Yeah. No, that sounds really good. Actually, I think it's a, um, I think it's a very cool thing that you do, and that you actually take personal responsibility to make sure that all this music is being recorded the same way that you would take personal responsibility when these people would be in a studio. So you still you, you go virtually into their homes um, to kind of help them to get the best music. And at the same time, they actually get to learn something new, which would have been done beforehand for them in the studio. But now they're kind of, you know, getting that sort of extra skill to kind of engineer their own sound uh, from their own home. So I think it sounds super cool. It is. It is a cool opportunity. Um, let me just um, close down our chat um, with... Uh, some advice for uh, some of the professionals out there. 
Ok, voy a, voy a cortar aquí un momento. Vale, eh, vale. ¿Prefieres dar advice um, para record labels, para music creators? ¿Qué prefieres? Eh, music creators, yo creo. Es mejor. Music sí. creators. Sí. Ok, cool. So basically, I just would like to know some of your... Actually, no, I would like to know your top three tips for music creators. Ok. Uh... So I, I think I think a key thing that you find, usually people mm. are like artists are asking, oh, how do I get my music? How do I make money with my music? And and mm. that that's I think that's the wrong question. So the three tips are all around the same thing. And the okay. first one would be, and that's because it's the most important one, is that you really, really, really I encourage anyone to stay true to their call, to stay true to their art, to their sound, and to keep exploring it. Be authentic mm. with the things that you do, uh, which then I'd say don't don't put profit ahead. Which I okay. hope it, I think that would be number two. Don't ever put profit ahead. Um, and then maybe the th I think the moment you put profit ahead, you're really you're putting you're putting your art in the, your priorities in the wrong places and there will always mm. be someone that will naturally do what you are compromising on and mm. they're going to beat you on authenticity and with so much music out there as a record label I know a record label is going to go for the authentic product if it's going to be exactly the same uh, if it's going to cost you exactly the same you're going to go with the one that's going to be super super uh, authentic So yeah, mm -hmm. don't don't compromise. Never put the profit ahead, and and the last one, which is also another of those kind of like advices that was given to me earlier in life, was that mm. if you want to live making art, you need to understand how to make a living from your art. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like those those three are linked. They might even contradict a little bit, but I find them such key um but yeah like motivating uh things to 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 go by um if you you want to if, if you really want to make a living out of your music mm. just just find ways it, you you don't ha you don't have to you don't have to compromise i think that's the key word if you're compromising on your authenticity you're you're losing all You're not gonna make any money yeah. from 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 not being true to yourself, and there are so many channels and and outlets where you can take your your authentic self and make a profit of that. Just be persistent at it. That learn learn a little bit. As long as you don't know how to make a living, someone else is gonna get the bucks from you, which is what we currently have in the music industry. Which I hope it changes as well. No, that's amazing. Thank you so much for your advice, for your input, for your time. Uh, I think you're uh, you're amazing. You're an amazing person. And um, I hope that a lot of people will find a lot of value in all the advice that you've given here today. So thank you so much, Felipe, for joining me today. Thank you very much to you, Alex. And, and actually really, really awesome. And, and thank you on behalf I guess of all of the people that are listening as well for creating spaces like this this is this is what it is about cool thanks so much well um, 
that's it for today. Thank you so much, everyone. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Small Talk No More. I'm Alex and see you next time. Thank you.